Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Hey yo, and welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. This is the segment for not only diehard Brewer fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I am T Plush, your host for today, and as always, I am joined with my two good buddies, Sunshine, who can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor, and the Vanilla Gorilla, who can be found on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. And just a reminder, we do have a website out there we, where we post all of our podcasts, and we also have some blogs going out. Um, I've been trying to do some series recaps for the Brewers. We had one just come out with the Packers in regards to the Mike Daniels move, so be sure to check all of that good information out. And then the only other bit is, as a whole, we have a Twitter account at Trilogy underscore pod, where we post all of our content there as well, including some polls and some fan interaction stuff. So make sure you give that a like. Today, we got a busy schedule. We'll get into our series recaps and one play, one number. We have a beer run, and then your hosts are going to make some second half predictions. Um... We, it's been a while since all three of us have been together, so we're going to get that locked in now before it turns into August. And then, of course, as always, we'll preview next week's schedule. But we will jump right into it. Jumping back to the Red Series earlier this week, the Brewers were gaining some momentum, and then they lost two out of three there, losing the first one in heartbreaking fashion, 6-5, to five, getting crushed in Game 2, 14-6, and then winning Game 3, 5-4. to four. So, Sunshine, what do you got for us from this series? All right. So I'm going to pick a highlight of this series. Um, and we'll talk about the Grandals two RBI single in the fifth inning um, in that last game, which actually the Brewers had a three-run fifth, and that propelled them to the win. It was 5-4 at that point, and that's what they won the game at. So... Um, obviously a big hit to get those two runs home, and it really won the Brewers the game. And it's nice to see Yasmani Grandal kind of do a little something. It seems like he's been awfully quiet of late, especially in July. Um, and then my number is six, and that is how many earned runs Zach Davies gave up in game two little fun fact that Tyler found Um, that made his ERA increase from 2.79 to 3.17 so just a massive jump of like what 37 points or something which is absolutely ridiculous Um, and not in a good way at all so hopefully Zach Davies can start bringing it around Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about him in the 
Cubs series recap. One of the key highlights in that first game, and that was Tyler Slamadino uh, hitting another Grand Slam. So that would have been his second in back-to-back days, which made him the first player to do that since Jorge Posada in 2010. So literally nine years ago, it's been, you know, that's a hard feat to do. And heck, let alone hit one of them is crazy enough. Um, But do it in back-to-back days. Kind of really bought him some time, I think, in the majors because um, he had been absolutely slumping before that. And then my number from the series uh, was five, and that's how many strikeouts Josh Hader had. And he, what, he faced seven batters? So, <laughs> heck, taking five out of seven batters via the strikeout is impressive. And the fact he has a 50% strikeout rate this season, um, best in the MLB, for you know, we were lucky with Josh Hader. He's making less than a million dollars this year, and he's by far one of the top five, heck, maybe even top three relievers in the game right now. So definitely should not be taking him for granted. Uh, Scott, did you get anything figured out here yet with I, your computer there? <laughs> I did. So 14 runs allowed was tied for the second most in this season uh, with another loss to the Cubs earlier this season for with 14 um our highest was actually 16 you guys remember which game that was i do not yep it was the marlin 16 to nothing game or 16 to yep. 1 whatever it was yeah 16 to nothing yep Ugh. yep that's so gross. that's thanks for that painful memory <laughs> yep thought i'd bring it up <laughs> uh speaking of painful memories so in game one uh what do you guys think about the decision to pitch to Eugenio Suarez? Um, obviously, Brewers picked up um, the lead temporarily in the eighth inning, uh, rushed Jeremy Jeffress into the game for what had been his third game pitching in a row. So he'd thrown, what, after it had been close to like 50 pitches after this outing. And he gets the first two outs, no problem. Um, and then I believe there was a walk, and then... He left a few hanging curveballs throughout most of his at-bats, but Eugenio Suarez then hit the potential game winner off of him. Um, It's easy for us to say now, heck, they shouldn't have pitched to him. Um, But I personally was saying beforehand, I'm like, don't even pitch to him. Like, with JJ's command, and he's already homered this game, I was like, it's not worth it. It's going to cost us the game, and sure enough, it did. So... Do you guys have similar thoughts to that, or are you sticking with Council's uh, decision to pitch to him? Um, I get Council's reasoning. It's tough to put. Um, that runner was still at first, right? Uh, might have been at. I don't remember. I have to double check. Well, if he was at first, then you're putting a guy into scoring position, um, and getting the winning run on base if you if he the base was open at first um then you're just putting an extra guy on to possibly if they hit a gapper and they're gonna score that way anyways so like i get the reasoning behind it but also when a guy is as hot as he was going into that at bat just take your chances walk him um, even at that point, maybe take Jeremy, have Jeremy Jeffress walk him on four straight, pitch to him, but don't pitch to him, um, and get someone warmed up and get someone else in there if he was struggling that much. But yeah, I don't really like it, but I get the 
thought process for counsel behind it because you don't want to put an extra guy on base if you don't have to. But like I said, when someone's playing that well, hitting that well, is that hot? Yeah, just put them on and try to deal with the next guy. And if first base was open, I just looked. Yeah. So that kind of drives it home a little bit more. Um, it, it was also kind of questionable, you know, who – who besides Jeremy Jeffress could have saved games? You know, obviously we saw in game three, Freddie Peralta get his first career save. I don't remember if he was available or not. Um, but, you know, JJ is just not the same pitcher this year. His ERA is at a 4.54. He's blown, I don't think, three or four saves now. Obviously he hasn't had as many chances as he did last year due to starting late and then kind of trying to earn, you know, his way back into those high leverage situations. And, it's just not happening. Um, so I don't know quite what's wrong with him, but gosh, if he could finish the last two months strong, that would be uh, very good for this bullpen going down the stretch. Um, only other news from the Red Series, Chassin was heading to the IL. Um, it turns out they originally thought it was another oblique injury, but it is a lat strain. So sounds like he should actually be back slightly before Woodruff. Um, I don't really know if I want him back for as bad as he's been pitching. Um, but it just kind of puts the Brewers in a weird spot starting pitching-wise. Do you guys have any other uh, final thoughts on the Red Series here? So I just have one thing, um, and it when you brought up Josh Hader's strikeout rates of 50%, it reminded me of our last Wednesday's, Wednesday's podcast when we were talking about um, – trade deadline scenarios and what who the Brewers could be after and we talked about Ken Giles having the second best strikeout rate behind Josh Hader he has a 43 percent so Josh Hader is seven percent better than the next closest and I imagine even that 43 percent is extremely high so I imagine everyone else is like 10 to 12 plus percent lower than Josh Hader is which is just absolutely crazy <laughs> that is pretty wild um yeah going back to your point uh earlier i think uh you shouldn't be allowed to intentionally walk people really yep why because it's a bitch move <laughs> it's a smart move <laughs> no i think you either have to pitch to them or you have to accidentally intentionally hit them <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, if I just, if I just throw behind the hitter that's saying I want to walk him <laughs> like could you like you are a pitcher would, and your coach is like alright no I don't trust you against this guy don't throw anywhere near him just walk him you you just do it no thought I would yep would you want to pitch to Christian Yelich? Yeah, because you're a little, you're a little puss. That's why. I don't know. Man. It just, I don't know. I, that's one thing that's always turned me off to baseball. It's like, oh, you finally get to see this guy who's gonna finally hit the ball, and then you're gonna walk him. I understand it. Obviously, it's a very smart move, but it just pisses me off when they do it. Yeah, it kind of makes you think, like, how did Barry Bonds feel when, heck, he 
barely gotten at bad a game because <laughs> he's yeah. just getting intentionally walked all the time. Yeah, I'd like quit. Like this isn't fun for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's letting me play. Just let the kids play. <laughs> um, yeah. But speaking of let the kids play, we'll use that as our transition into the Cubs series before we get on this tangent even more. <laughs> uh, so Brewers take two out of three from the Cubs. Uh, very dramatic fashion. The wins were winning game one, three to two, game two, five to three, and then losing game three, 11 to four. Um, so what do you guys got for me on this uh, Cub series? Uh, I'll go first this time, since my computer is cooperating. Um, my play is Christian Yelich's solo home run. Um, obviously, that wasn't the highlighted play of the game, uh, game two, but it was a very important play to uh, tie it up in extra innings. Um, then my number, you know, I was when I was looking up the series recaps, I saw that it said game three um, walks kill the Brewers. So I looked up the walks drawn by both teams um, between the three games. Brewers drew seven walks, or sorry, they allow gave seven walks four in today's game. So game three. Um, as far as the Cubs, they gave us 13 walks. So we had 13 walks drawn. 12 of those came in the first two games. So that was six in each of our wins, and then one today. So that was a difference, one to four today, but um, not not that big of a difference uh, where they would get a seven-point win over us. <laughs> a seven-point win. <laughs> did, did. Yeah. All right. So, so it is. <laughs> my play, as Scott kind of referenced earlier, was more of that highlight, what everyone was talking about after game two of the Cubs series, and that's Keston Hera's uh, two-run walk-off home run, which just barely snuck over the fence, by the way. Like, that was a line shot, and it barely got over. Um, but... The important part is it did get over. Um, it was a rocket, and Miller Park was rocking after that hit. Um, and that was just awesome to see from Keston being a rookie and have that big moment. And it is it is crazy um, where he is right now. He is playing out of his mind. Um, and I think he's at, what, 12 or 13 home runs now? on the season and he has not been up <laughs> that long um to be having that much uh, 11 excuse me but he's batting 325 um he's got seven stolen bases 13 walks um it's just unbelievable what this kid is doing to start off his rookie year i'm just in awe of him um and then more Davies slander. So seven earned runs today. Seven earned runs. After giving up six in four innings in the Red Series, he gives up seven in five in this game, um, in that finale, which obviously the Brewers didn't score enough. Well, the Brewers would have tied the Cubs uh, had he just not given up anything. 
I mean, that's pretty hard the way he's pitching, but um, it's it's a tough, tough outing when you're going out there and you're down 4 nothing at the end of one, and by the end of three, you're down 7 nothing. I think it was, or it was close to that. And it's just, it's tough for an offense to really focus in and try to get a good mounting a comeback when you're down that much that early and that's something that cannot continue yeah, it was a rough week for Davies 13 oh. earned runs <laughs> yep I do want to say one more thing and I know Tyler you kind of found this but so I said before his ERA increased from 2.79 to 3.17 well at the end of today 3.56 so he went from a 2.79 to a 3.56 in the span of what? 5 days, 6 Shit. days. It is that is not good for Zach Davies. Hopefully he can turn it around soon. Hashtag #baseball. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh let's back up to Keston's uh walk-off homer. So he he did almost have another two-run homer that game in the 6th inning. He launched one just foul in left field but I mean, that just shows how good of a hitter he is we can you know there's so many stats out there and everybody says how special he is but he really is um let me give you this trivia question here so since miller park opened in 2001 there have been four walk-off home runs by brewer rookies so obviously keston was the fourth take a guess on who the first brewer rookie to do it was i'll give you a hint it was in 2012 if that helps you guess at all nori aoki it was yeah yes. it <laughs> i just i just saw a graphic of him having like he's up there in the top two or three for rookies hit streaks in a brewer's uniform <laughs> that's what made me think of it because i remember it his year being 2012 yep he w he was 30 years old but still his rookie season do you <laughs> know what team he hit that walk off against the cubs it Is was it the cubs oh, <laughs> goosebumps yeah good so kind of cool stuff there obviously they don't relate to one another but whenever we can bash the cubs i'm gonna do it <laughs> Uh, and speaking of bashing the Cubs, my play from the series, getting back to it, was Lorenzo Cain's diving catch in Game 1, where uh, Chris Bryant, he wasn't, I don't think he quite knew if Cain caught it or not, so he went to second base after and never tagged up, so Cain just lopped the ball over to first, and he ended up getting doubled out. And being at that game, like I totally thought it was a trap. I had a pretty good view <laughs> from where I was sitting, but replay showed it was an obvious catch, so... Lorenzo Kane, Gold Glover, not today. And then my numbers from this series uh, relate to the hitting streaks. Uh, so Keston here put together 15 games. He did not record a hit today on Sunday the 28th, so his streak will end at 15. But during that hitting streak, he was batting 458, five homers, nine doubles, two triples, and 17 RBIs, <laughs> which is crazy. And then Christian Yelch uh, got a hit today to extend his hitting streak up to 16 games. So more trivia for you. Which Brewer has the uh, longest hitting streak of all time? And how many games do you think it is? Oh, God. Ooh, putting you on the spot. 
I feel like I should know this. I'm gonna go with Paul Molitor. What are you going with? Paul Molitor. It is Paul Molitor. Do you know how many games it was? 32. 39. God, you suck, Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) So Christian Yelich is not even halfway there to the Brewers record, but 16 games is crazy. I mean, think about something you do every day, like, I don't know, say you have to brush your teeth twice a day. I don't think I can do that 16 days in a row. Once, for sure, not (laughs) twice. (laughs) So, oh my God. there's my perspective on that for the day. <laughs> it is tough. I know, especially on the weekends. But <laughs> back to baseball. Uh, let's move on. Let's move into the beer run before I embarrass myself and my dental hygiene even more. <laughs> so, if you're not familiar with how our beer run segment works, is I'm gonna give. The Vanilla Gorilla and Sunshine, a creative beer name here, and give them a brief description. I need to know if they're buying this beer or if they're going to leave it on the shelf. So the first one we have is Lethal Offense. The description of it uh, relates to rumors with the Brewers. It was rumored Jesus Aguilar um, could be traded. The Rays were one potential person interested in, in him. And then it was also rumored today that the Brewers may look to trade either Moose or Grandal, uh, mainly because they're on one-year deals. And not saying they go into sell mode, but trade them for pitching. Are you guys buying any of those moves at all? Scott, uh, let's hear it. I'm buying the Jesus. Um, I'm definitely not buying the other two uh i do understand the logic behind it but i mean you got two all-stars if you're if you're trying to go anywhere in the playoffs this year i feel like you need to have both of those guys on your team obviously our pitching is not gonna get us deep into the playoffs so we need offense and we lose a lot of that if we get rid of either of those two definitely if we get rid of both of them So, I don't know about Jesus. I mean, he was kind of coming on. He's been a little bit quieter recently. Um, I don't know if they're going to trade him. But if they're going to trade someone, I would bet it would be Aguilar or Moose. And kind of my reasoning behind that is because although he hasn't done much since he's been back up, but Travis Shaw did figure it out in the minors. He was batting extremely well, um, and the Brewers need pitching, like absolutely need some sort of pitching. Um, I was all on board on just getting bullpen guys, but now our starting pitchers are dropping like flies. They weren't good to start with, and then now we have to go into non-preferred options, which is not great considering how bad this starting rotation has been. Um, so we need some sort of pitching and hopefully Shaw can figure it out enough to replace, um, Moose or Aguilar. I, Manny Pena has been batting extremely well, so maybe they trade Grandall too. I don't know. Um, but they do need pitching. This team isn't going to 
I don't think they make the playoffs if they don't have better pitching because it has been atrocious and only so much offense. You can only score so many runs um, consistently. Like, it's tough to score seven runs and win a game. And when you're scoring seven runs and losing, like, so often it seems like the Brewers are. It's That's tough. They need some sort of pitching. So I'll buy it um, just because I think the backups in Shaw and Pena need they need to step in and play um, but they just are in such dire need of pitching that I'll buy that one yeah it's I think it's interesting to consider the fact that you know obviously if Moose goes Shaw can essentially just kind of step in and take over third and then you know kind of the same if they would trade Aguilar Shaw started at first on Friday night and had been playing there in the minors so he could he could play first. Um, that doesn't really set you up very well for a good platoon at first base, having Thames and Shaw there, though, two lefties. Um, but it could be done. So, you know, if I had to say, I'd think Moose would be the most likely to be traded. Um, but I, I just can't buy it. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, the counter of what Trevor said, you know, how our pitching's been so bad, it also can, you know, flip on a switch just like that too I mean we talked about Zach Davies this week (laughs) terrible week you know he could go out next week and say he makes two starts he could give up one run over you know 17 innings you know you just never know Um, it's just kind of about finding you know the right guys the Brewers just don't have they don't really have an identity starting pitching wise yet Uh, you know it took last year what or Freddie Peralta came in late July and kind of started doing well. And same with, I mean, Corbin Burns in the bullpen, but Wade Miley came on in the second year. So it's still, they're still trying to find the guys who are going to carry this team yet. And it's scary, but I don't, I don't know if trading away our best offensive options is the right thing to do in that regard. Um, you guys got anything else on that topic while we're here? No. Nope. All right. Well, we'll move into a much happier topic. Uh, the next beer is called Yalira. I think I said that right. So, Eureka, is it that simple? The Brewers should build around Yelich and Hiera. Obviously, we got some free agents coming up in the off season. Thinking like Moose, Grandal, Thames, uh, Chasin. Um, you guys buying that these guys should be the cornerstone of the franchise? Or is it too 100%. early to call here that? <laughs> A hundred percent you're building around these two. Yelich has proven that. Um, Hira's still young. We don't really know what he is, but I imagine he's going to be a damn good hitter. Um, Just because kind of when I started getting into Brewers baseball was um, in the Prince Fielder Ryan Braun days and specifically Ryan Braun's rookie year. Um, And not to say that it's the same, but that – kind of is the hype I'm getting like he's the best rookie we've seen since Ryan Braun and are you going to complain if we have outside of the PED everything um are you going to complain if we have another you know 11 seasons of Ryan Braun at the second baseman position I would be more than excited about that so yes you have to build around those two and I think Keston is proving it more and more every day all right, this is a totally serious question. How how do you mean build around in baseball? So. Um, 
Yeah, so, I guess for this Brewers term, let's kind of use it more as um, use it as their untouchable guys, guys who shouldn't gotcha. get rid of, um, never be traded, gotcha. things like that. Uh, all right, then yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you got you got to have those guys that are um, your superstars, your franchise stars. Obviously, like Trevor said, obviously it was back in the day we had Ryan Braun and CC. Uh, CC Sabathia, no, uh, Prince Fielder, um, like those two were our cornerstones for years, and they, we built around them. Um, I, I mean, you got two extremely hot hitters this year, um, guys that can definitely put runs on the board. Is that right, Trevor? Runs. There you go. <laughs> runs, points, whatever you say. Um, yeah, I mean, ever I think everyone's all aboard the hype train right now, so um, go with it. Yeah, I'm agree. I think I think this one's it's that simple. <laughs> um, you know, we saw Hayera, you know, talking about building around players. He had a cleanup for the Cubs series. You know, arguably our most important series of the year so far. And I personally, I think batting wise, he might he might be best at third. Um, you know, right after Yelich. <laughs> Um, given how he's been going, and then hopefully we're holding on to Moose, he'd be a good cleanup hitter, and so forth. So I kind of think the lineup might change that way. But yeah, I'm buying the spear so, all the time. Tyler, I'm gonna slightly disagree with you there. I think it should be the opposite. I think it should be Kane, then Hira, then Yelich, then Moose. Why do you say that? Just because. I think getting two guys, I know Kane hasn't been great this year, but getting two guys that can get on base in front of Yelich, who is still your best hitter. Let's not pretend that Keston has passed Christian Yelich in that department. Um, So getting two good on-base guys ahead of him. um, And, you know, Keston is going to hit home runs every so often, so maybe the bases will be empty because he does that, but... I think just in general, having Moose behind him, who's a very capable cleanup hitter, then you have Grandal behind him. Like, Christian Yelich is jam-packed within. There's two good guys ahead of him. There's two good guys behind him. Then you got, what, Braun after that? Like, it's just, like, never-ending. So you have to pitch to Christian Yelich at that point. Um, I just – that's where I see it helping. And then – it helps Keston because he's got the ultimate protection behind him with Yelich waiting on deck. They have to pitch to him now too. So that's yeah, that's fair. I, there's, there's lots of reasons where you could put him almost anywhere. <laughs> um, True. But I'm just glad he's not hiding back, you know, down what the seven or eight spot where he kind of started. So kudos to CC on that one. Um, okay. Moving on. We're going to move on to a Supak Osasi beer. Um, so if you're not familiar, Trey Supak is a pitcher who is on the 40-man roster, so he can be called up at any time. He had spent most of his time in AA this year, um, posting a 2.20 ERA over 122 innings pitched. Did just get promoted to AAA. He's only made one start there, but there's been a lot of rave, especially with all the injuries to the starting roster that people want him to come up and, you know, give him a spot start. So are you guys buying that he is the best option for that kind of that spot start role? I mean, 
You said he's on the 40 already, so he can just be called up whenever? Yep. I, I mean, I think it's... I know you want to let the guys grow in the minors, but at this point, the Brewers are kind of in a bad situation with that starting rotation, especially with all the injuries now. Like, you need players to be able to step up, and why not a guy that you can just call up and make his spot start, and then he can go back down if you if he has, like, a whole another time through the rotation, get time down in AAA, and then he can come back up later in August when we inevitably need him again for another spot start. So I, I don't see why not. I think at this point – I don't understand why you wouldn't like maybe he's not ready for the majors, but you don't have any other options. What do you want to bring up Wilkerson again? Do you want to see Birch Smith in that role? Uh, I don't <laughs> like, I just, I don't know if there is any other options outside of a trade. Yeah. Trevor, you kind of, you stole exactly what I was going to say. Why not? I mean, I don't know if he's, technically the best option but yeah like you got someone who's being hyped up right now um might as well take a chance on him um like i said in our last one like riding the hype train if he's being talked up and he's got some potential yeah might as well try it out like you said one spot start can't hurt too much yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously the ultimate counter is, well, you don't know how he's going to fare against major league hitters, you know, coming from double A, because obviously that's a big jump. But, I mean, given the situation and everything you guys just said, you know, the Brewers, you got to take chances. We took chances last year with Freddie and Corbin and Woodruff, all those young guns, and you're going to have to try and get creative this year too, um, especially, you know, we'll see what happens you know, with Wednesday, Wednesday's deadline, but, you know, maybe that kind of determines uh, if he gets called up or not, and, you know, obviously we have a lot of off days, so all that kind of plays a role too, but, heck, like Scott said, it can't hurt if you lose a game. I mean, it's it's one game. You might as well take the chance and find out. Um, so kind of on that same notion, the trade deadline is obviously Wednesday. Um, the Brewers have been buyers the last – this will be what – I'm saying we're buyers yet. So the last three years in a row, uh, last year at the trade deadline, uh, Brewers were at 63 and 47. In 2017, the Brewers were 55 and 52. We were still buyers. So everyone was, you know, really happy, really excited. Hey, the Brewers are finally a buying team. You know, this is is awesome. Because if you look back 2016 at the trade deadline, uh, Brewers were 47 and 56. That was the year we got rid of... Luke Roy, painful memories. Um, in 2015 at the trade deadline, Brewers were 44 and 60, so it had been a long time coming. So this beer, I I just gave it a title, Unaware Buyers, and I kind of put the description as, are we ungrateful for thinking that we should be selling? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, we, we are still well within the central division um we are 56 and 51 we're pretty handily over that um 500 mark like i i get it it isn't nearly as good as i thought it was going to be at this point um but even with 
the loss today, we're game back of the Central. The Cubs and Cardinals are currently tied at 56 and 49. Both of those teams were 56 and 51. Um, in the so in the standings, we're one game back, two games back in the loss column. But I I just I don't understand. Yes, we should be we should be buying at this point, and it's I don't even think it's particularly close. We're one game out. Um, I know it's hard to think of just because, like, last year we were talking about, like, World Series. We were a game away from the World Series. Right now it doesn't feel like that, but like Tyler said earlier, I feel like we can catch magic at some point, um, and it's baseball. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. This game, more so than any other sport, I feel like, just has some crazy, crazy ups and downs, and you one night your team could look like the worst team in baseball than then the next month or two, you could be looking like world beaters and the best team. So you never know what's going to happen. Just ride it out, and Stearns is going to make a move or two. I would be very surprised if he didn't. Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of pissed that we're considering selling, you know, but I'm also not because I, any sport, I want my manager exploring all options. I mean, I think it'd be dumb to not explore what you could be getting for some of these guys. I mean, and it might not even be selling, like we said, if it's if it's getting rid of Moose for a good starting caliber pitcher, is that selling or is that just flipping or what? But um, I, I think, yeah, you just got to explore all options. Um, I'd prefer to kind of ride out the offense that we have. Um, but that also means we probably aren't going to get a great pitcher in return with um, all of our moves kind of clearing out our um, our uh, prospects. But I, I'm not buying this beer. I'm, I don't think that we're being ungrateful for thinking that we could be sellers. That's fair. You brought up an interesting point, and I saw a uh, stat today that the Brewers have the worst-rated farm system in the MLB. (laughs) So, I mean, looking back to, what, 2014, 15, 16, when we acquired all these prospects, you know, building up the farm and was the third year in a row we've had a winning record at the all-star or after at the trade deadline and that farm system's depleted you know from being buyers which you know i guess isn't necessarily a bad thing but um kind of you know made me think a little bit what scott said you know explore all your options kind of have to have that roundabout approach obviously the mlb is the most important organization as it should be um but you know for me just from a fan's perspective being in it for the third year in a row is exciting and I just don't think there should be any reason we should be selling but that's my thought process with that you guys have anything else on buying or selling before we move on no nope alright last beer here is a cardinal cream ale so are the cardinals the new favorite to win the division Uh, since the all-star break they're 12 and 5 obviously in first place now so are you guys buying that or no Mm. favorite i don't know um 
I the Brewers have to play a lot better uh, to be in this conversation, but they are only a game back, like I said earlier. But at this point, it's a three-team race, and I don't know if you can call anyone the favorite. If anyone is the favorite, I think it's the Cubs. Um, but again, the, it's so close. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying that they're the favorite. It's a three-team race, and I don't think there's a huge favorite right now anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you stole exactly what I was going to say. Uh, way too close at this point. There's still, what, 55 games left? and Somewhere around there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like they have a big lead. Um, and I was going to say, too, if, yeah, if anyone was the favorite, it'd, I think it'd be the Cubs – Simply, they get the edge over the Brewers just because of the um, two games in the lost column. But still, um, way too close right now. Too much time. It is. Yeah, there is time. But a month from now, we'll be saying, oh, there's not enough time. So, <laughs> yeah, um, But, but I'm not pff- buying that the Cardinals are the new favorite now. I mean, Marcelo Zuna is their leader in batting average, and it's 259, which is not good (laughs) so that's my two cents on that uh we're gonna do very quickly next a month in review um obviously ending it two days early um but this month brewers go they lost today so it went 11 and 12 uh after the conclusion of the cub series um seven series total in july and the brewers won three of them so again it means we lost four so not good in that regard, but as always, as we like to do with our months in review, we will do a quick cup check um, where we give one player a quick swift in the nads, someone who needs to step up their game and, you know, really improve to kind of help the team out. Um, I will start first here as long as I'm rambling, and mine was just Manny Grandal. Um, we kind of talked about him a little earlier, but throughout the month of July, he's batting 226. He only has one homer. Uh, eight RBIs. Um, the bright side is he's drawn 15 walks, which is the best out of all the Brewers in July. But you know, for a guy who's supposed to be the, and I guess he still is the best producing catcher in baseball, um, we need you to do a little bit better than that, especially if we're gonna contend here. So step it up, Grendel. Cup check. All right, and mine is gonna be. Eric Thames. I know he's in a platoon and doesn't play every day, um, but he's been kind of non-existent for the month of July, it really feels like. So the last seven days, um, he's been in five games, has had 16 plate appearances, um, 12 of which were actual at-bats. So he has had some walks, but in those seven days, zero for his batting average. The last 14, he's got a... 0.103 in the last 28 so in the month of July he's got a 186 batting average which is just atrocious and something we grew to expect more of this year Um, he's batting on the year he's batting 251 so before July it was probably closer to 260 Um, so something that's just a little bit frustrating and that we need to work on and Scott what do you have you know, um, my player is not even on the team yet. Um, I am going to cup check the pitcher that we're going to trade for later on this week. Um, 
I don't know if they're going to be doing well right now, but if we're going to give up assets to get them, uh, they better fucking perform. Whether that's, I don't know who's still out there, Baumgartner, um, Greinke's out there, right? I, I'm pretty sure we're going to trade for a pitcher, and like we talked about, it's probably going to take one of our solid assets to get them. So, um, yeah, whoever you are, get ready for kicking the nuts. <laughs> Welcome I, to the Brewer Clubhouse <laughs> and uh, kicking the nads from Scott. <laughs> I have a second cup check really quick. Uh, I was okay. also going to say um, Chessine. Um, I He's going to be back later this month, but, um, I mean, he was, he was our day one starter right he's dude's gotta gotta pick it up for sure we need somebody to help us out on our pitching staff yep and my second nominee was zach davies because this pitching staff as a whole needs a kick in the nads and he's the one that's been struggling the most recently so zach davies gets another one from me wow we are in a cup-checking mood. <laughs> I'm going to move on before you guys nominate me, which normally happens. So <laughs> Wait, We're I have one in. more. One more. Oh, God. Perennial nominee. <laughs> who is it? You know who it is. T-plush. Tyler. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what you, you get one because you didn't nominate a second one, so we get to nominate them, and it's going to be you. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're almost done. We got uh, second half predictions. So we made first half predictions, and uh, no one was really close. So we'll make some second half predictions here. Um, mine is that I think the Brewers will have three players with 100-plus RBIs. Um, obviously, that will be Yelich, Moose, and Grandal. Um, and I think that's kind of a bold enough one because the last time the Brewers did that was 2010. And that was... Uh, 100-plus RBIs by Casey McGee, Ryan Braun, and Corey Hart. Um, Prince Fielder had 83 that year. So Brewers are due for a lot of guys with a lot of RBIs, and I think this is the year to do it. What do you guys got for predictions? Mine is my main man, Keston. He's going to have an absolutely monster August and September to help power the crew to the playoffs, and that is going to have him win the NL Rookie of the Year. Think he can edge out? Uh, there's a guy from Met, Pete Alonzo. Yep, he's gonna do it. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> That's how big of a two months he's gonna have. I'm gonna put a lot of faith in Shaw. I'm gonna say he he's played 59 games so far. The last 55, I think he's gonna have. Uh, batting average um, above 250. Right now, he's currently batting 160. Okay, that that'd be putting in some serious work. Yep, yep. Uh, that requires a nice cup check. <laughs> True that. <laughs> All right, so there it is. We have our predictions in. Uh, this coming week for the Brewers, they are off on Monday, so I'd expect some sort of announcement then what the Brewers are going to do starting pitching-wise um, because nobody's been announced for the three-game series versus the A's. Um, besides, Craig Council has said Hauser will likely start one game. We just don't know which one. 
I guess it also depends what they do trading-wise. Um, but then next weekend, we got three more games against the Cubs. So hopefully we can take two out of three there again. That would be awesome. But we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, make sure you guys are liking us on Twitter and checking out our blogs. And we will talk to everyone next week. Peace out. Bye. Protect your nuts. <laughs>